powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, of all the games the Calgary Flames have played this season, that was definitely one of them. Welcome to Game Over Calgary, everyone. I'm Peter Klein. He is Julian McKenzie of The Athletic, The Chris Johnson Show, and uh, Zome Time. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about some stuff that's not fun at all. A game that wasn't fun at all until it was over and then it was fun. Um, Plus how the Calgary Flames can kind of build off of the first time they've won back-to-back games, Julian, since January 21st to 23rd. Uh, It's been that kind of a run for this Flames team. Uh, Before we get into all of that, Julian, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing really good, man. Uh, Gotta say, I'm I'm doing okay, but I know for sure one guy who feels really good, Jacob Markstrom. 42 saves, first shutout of the year, and you see all those guys hugging him after the game. That's a guy who needed that win, that type of win in the worst of ways. And I mean, I'm not sure how much their chances look in terms of them making the playoffs right now, but you look at moments like this as an opportunity for the Flames. If they feel they still have a chance, they use that as some point like a, like a galvanizing moment for those guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah, they, they needed something like this in a real bad way. Um, this would have been quite the game to, to have a financial stake on, which brings me to, want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN, or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code that's covering up a bunch of my face. Um, and that at the bottom of the screen, 19 years and older, please play responsibly. Yeah, this was, um, I, I think rather easily Jacob Markstrom's best performance of the year. If Jacob Markstrom is easy, even just only good tonight, the Flames lose this game three, nothing like they had no right being in this game, except for the play of Jacob Markstrom, which is a really great thing to say after all the other things we've said about Jacob Markstrom this year. Yeah, I, I can't think of any game this year where the Flames got goaltending to the point where it stole them a game. Like, we've seen them get wins. We've seen the 5-4 the score lines are 6-5. But we have not before tonight seen a game where the Flames had no business still being in it. Uh, I think uh, Mike Gould put up a tweet showing the the win-o-meter from Money Puck. And I think the Minnesota Wild, like the deserve-o-meter, I should say, I think it was like over 80% for those guys. The Wild should have won this game, but that's a team that also struggles to score goals as well. So you can understand why they're in the predicament that they were in. But to see Jacob Markstrom look comfortable throughout the night, especially in the shootout as well, uh, but also in the shootout, they're getting a big goal from Nas and Kadri to keep them in it even after Jacob Markstrom scores. And even the review, on, and I'm sure we'll get into the overtime review as well, like there were some bounces that went the Flames' way. And in a year where they've had a lot of bad puck luck go against them, I I can imagine for those guys, it's good to start to see some of that puck luck go in their direction. But none of that is possible without the play of Jacob Markstrom, who was the player of the game for them, plays his best hockey. He's had his last few, his last few appearances. He's actually started to look good in a pretty tough year for him. And so it's on him to sustain that for a run if the flames want to do it. But I think for a game like this uh, in a vacuum in isolation, I think you're allowed to be happy for Jacob Markstrom and the fact that he's able to get the job done in the way that he did. Yeah, and it really seems like the last three games, there's a, a different guy there. And I had kind of joked that the the Flames were hoping he would kind of turn like 2019 Fred Van Vliet out of this one where the, the birth of a child and all of a sudden the guy just finds a, another stratosphere. And 
look, it's it's not NBA Finals. He can't miss a shot. But three games for Jacob Markstrom. Um, th- this has been the guy that the Flames have wanted this whole time. And there's been a lot of talk of where this Flames team is going. What direction are they going? It, it, it's where they want to get to and where they, some crazy house still think they can get to is based not solely, but mainly on the back of that dude doing that kind of thing every night, I think. I mean, when you look at the team's save percentage heading into this game or just throughout various parts of this year, it has not been good. If that team save percentage gets bumped up to like 900, not even league average, like just like 900, that's a few more wins, that's a few more points, and I don't think there's this air of despair with regards to the Flames' playoff points. Maybe Don LeChison's model uh, looks a little favorably on the Calgary Flames. Maybe Money Puck's model looks favorably on them. That's if the goaltending is just marginally better and it just hasn't really been to this point so that and that's what makes uh this victory for for jacob markstrom the shutout the first of his year he had like nine last year this is the first shutout he gets all year that's what makes it so important for him and all those guys too because i'm sure when you go through those games and and you see that markstrom is allowed the first goal on the first shot he sees or like what happened in colorado where he allowed two goals in the first two shots he saw like Look, you want to be supportive for your guy, but that has to take some wind out of your sails. And that was what was happening with some of those games with Jacob Markstrom. But now he's playing at a much better level. And now it's on the offense to to provide in, in, in those situations. They only got the one goal. Well, I mean, the one goal, air quotation marks, as you can get when you get a shootout win after a 0-0 performance. But it was enough to get the job done. So it's on those guys to know that Jacob Markstrom's playing at a high level. They, they'll probably need to get Dan Vladar some of that confidence back too, but it'll be way more, there'll be much more pressure applied upon the Calgary Flames skaters in order for them to get points. Uh, so let's get to how this game ended. And I will admit, I'm going to have to lean heavily on Julian because I thought it was over. I, I, I'm i watching in, in here in my office. I clicked close on the Sportsnet screen. I brought up the, the Zoom link and made sure that everything was fine. And it didn't do the weird thing with my face that it did when I will on a couple of weeks ago. And everything was set up. I send the link off and I see a tweet that everyone's going, what? It's like, what? What, what did I miss? Oh, we're playing hockey again. Oh, shit. So I missed... All of it. I turned the thing off, and they were, I'm throwing wow. pens now. I turned the thing off. They were playing hockey. I turned it back on. They were playing hockey again. So that there is there is a blank spot in my memory, and it's not just because I've been hitting the head this time. I don't know what happened. So I'm I'm gonna need some clarification as to why why they kept playing half hockey after they stopped playing hockey. So they uh, so the goal scored. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was uh, Jared Spurgeon who got back goal in. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jared Spurgeon gets this goal and it looks as if this game is over. Sportsnet even shows the shot of Daryl Sutter and some of those guys like looking down on an iPad and they kind of look up at one point and some of them start like walking towards the tunnel and like Kelly Rudy and, and, and Rick Ball are calling the game and like they're, they're, they're calling that they're looking at it. And then you hear Kelly Rudy be like, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going in. And some of those guys are still celebrating. But after a couple seconds, you see the rep like look at it and like what's funny too is that when i saw that shot of 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 the flames on the bench and it looks like they were getting up and they were leaving i thought okay so this is done and then when i saw uh, the flames twitter account tweet out oh we're gonna challenge this i'm like wait a minute like but but it looked like you guys didn't do that like i legit left my living room for a second to go to the bathroom before going into my office to do the podcast and then like i go back in the living room I'm like wait a minute they're reviewing this 
Um, I believe on the broadcast they were saying it was a league review and not a challenge from the Flames, uh, which seems to be an automatic thing in OT. I wish I had like the full rules for for reviews in OT and how that works, but like it's a bit confusing. But all that to say, like this review is done, and it looked as if when Jared Spurgeon gets this puck uh, as he's along the blue line, he enters the zone. Like he 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 has it on his stick, and there's like a brief moment where he doesn't have it. But like you would look at it, and you'd probably think like, oh well, that's still in his possession. But like that brief moment, he doesn't have the puck, where his stick's kind of hovering over it. But he's in the zone. The, the the rest deemed it offside before he makes this pass into the offensive zone, and they overturn the goal. And as you know, they they make that announcement. Of course, the fans are booing. You see a bunch of Flames fl- players coming from the tunnel. Back to the bench. There were a bunch of people who thought this game was over. It's not just you. There were players who were gone from the bench. And you see, like, Dan Vladar and a bunch of other players coming back to the bench in order to play out the rest of overtime. And then we go to shootout. And then we get the heroics from Nelson Kadri and eventually Tyler Toffoli scoring the game-winning goal in the shootout. Like, what a wild sequence of events. But, again, just in terms of the puck luck that has gone against the Flames at different times this year – this was one of those moments where things just still went right, even though they weren't supposed to. So, yeah, we talk about a game where, you know, the Flames needed something like that, where maybe they didn't deserve to win, but the game still kind of goes their way anyway. I I, I think today kind of that that's kind of filed in that column like they needed one of those today. Yeah, several Tyler Tapoli posts crawled, so this game could walk uh, as the Flames get uh, a little bit of a little bit of puck yeah, right. luck on their side uh, with a a one nothing win. Um, I, I don't want to like I don't want to rain on the parade or anything like that. I do believe of the two teams, the Flames were second best for most of this. When, when you exclude the the goaltender, like it, it did, kind of seem. This was not the most exciting game to steal a basketball term. The Wild kind of dribbled the air out of the basketball for a while in this one, it kind of felt like. But it it did seem like, aside from Jacob Markstrom, the Wild had, like, the next seven best players in this game. Like, it it felt like they controlled a lot of this one. Did you kind of get that same read? Yeah, I I felt with the way that they're playing defensively a little bit reminiscent to when they played on Saturday where – you know, they at least in that game, the Wild got themselves a goal. They held themselves up defensively, and it didn't feel as if the Flames were all that threatening. Uh, just remembering off the top of my head, even if I don't have the exact numbers, I think the Wild were able to outchance them in high-danger chances as well. They look like the more dangerous team. Just with the way that the Wild are able to play, they're able to take the, the Flames out of those inside areas, which have been such a problem for them in terms of getting high-danger chances and getting significant penetration in order for them to, to, to get goals and chances in. But tonight as opposed to what happened on saturday night the flames had every chance to still be in this game because of the goaltender that played really well behind them but no but but yeah you're you're correct in your assessment the wild had had better players uh and and they were getting chances on net even though they weren't necessarily getting goals themselves but i i thought for a moment like when that ot goal was scored i was like well yeah like of course minnesota deserved to get that win in they had been pressing all night but just they need the flames stole this game and that that has not been said at all this year the flames blatantly stole this game jacob yeah. markstrom stole this game yeah, they've had a lot of games where it's been the reverse of that, right? And I just looked uh, for tonight, high danger chances were 12-5 for, for Minnesota. But mm-hmm. that game against Boston, 
It was Boston, right? Yeah. Um, high danger chances were 14 to 2 for the Flames, and they lost 4 to 3. Which, like, none of the ways you look at that, the math looks good. Like, uh, two high danger chances and four goals, huh? But th- this was uh, a night. Th- this was a night that the Flames, I think, desperately, desperately needed. Uh, let's dive into the chat for the first time. Uh, that guy, Sam, saying Hartman should have gone after that slash. Um, maybe not after the slash, but after the uh, punch to the face. That one, I, I was that. It felt so out of nowhere. Like, I don't know what wrongs happened to Hartman in the lead up to Wacha and Babam, but um, that was. Trevor th- Lewis, too, of all people. Right. Yeah. Like, I. I don't like, condone really? violence in any way. Me neither. I can understand slashing Rasmus Anderson. I'm sure Rasmus said something to deserve a bit of a whap, but. The, but to punch Trevor Lewis, like, he's never done anything. Like, I, that, that felt. It's so, so out of nowhere. And like some of those, some of those Flames players, as it's going on, I think they're still trying to deal with the aftermath of Rasmus getting slashed. So when like Trevor Lewis gets hit in the face, like you know, I know some people might have looked at it and be like, "Oh, well, why is no one stepping up for Trevor Lewis?" I wonder if some of those guys on the ice knew what was happening because they were dealing with the other melee that was going on as well. Like it was such a random instance. I thought Hartman should have been gone after, or at least I mean, th- there was a double minor after that. Like mm-hmm. it, it was totally justified for him to. For, for, for him to get penalized for slashing Rasmus Anderson. It kind of came out of nowhere and, and kind of gets Anderson on the forearm. Like, I thought that was a pretty reckless play on the part of Ryan Hartman. Yeah, that's like... I think sometimes because there's all like a thousand cross checks in front of the net and guys skating along and you just give them a bit of a, a, a how do you do skating along. That's a weapon right. you're holding. And he just like with the force of Thor, which is gah, like, I mean, not I mean, not to that extent. Like, but you know what it's I mean? Thor, like, ah, like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Like that would that would fucking suck to, to have someone hit you like that. Like, I, I wouldn't want that. Um, Left handed penman. We're in ball hockey. That's a whole fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it's one of those things in sports. Like, could you imagine you're just walking down this? Oh, yeah, I just got Jugo juice. Wha-bam! Like, what the hell? How, how is this a thing that we're doing in a sport? My Jugo juice is on the ground. Right, yeah. I'm going to fight. I'm yeah. going to yell at you at the very least. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm at least going to ask why and assess, like, hey, could I? But, like, I mean, come on, what are we doing here? <laughs> Craziness, bro. Imagine you play a sport like hockey, and, you know, look, we understand the inherent nature that's there. But sometimes you can't go too far. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it just it, it's one of those things where you take a step back. It's like if this happened in any other arena ever, that this is there are police involved. Yo, that reminds <laughs> me of a time I was playing a ball hockey game and a guy got his chain slashed in the middle of a game and he threatened to call the police uh on these guys. And I think cops actually pulled up at the end. Like, I'm telling you, beer league ball hockey summer league you boys outside like people are scrapping that like it's it's yeah. something like something going on like you get hit in the forearm but you know when there's millions of dollars involved in nhl players you sit for four minutes right <laughs> yeah and only because you punched a dude in the face after that you got the extra two like it, it like only would have been two <laughs> I, I had one time when I was playing in minor hockey, um, one of my teammates, like, just tr- chopping a tree down, two-handed a dude's ankle, oh, and the oh. kid's parent jumped on the ice and started yelling at us. And it was like, it, it, I, I was watching, I was like, okay, A, this is ridiculous, but B, oh, we kind of deserve it. Like, yeah, I, I would yell at oh us, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's, 
just insane. We need yeah. more hockey parent stories on on Game Over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm sure we could go down quite the rabbit hole with that kind of a thing for sure. Um, we got 46 people in the chat. Let's get the, uh, the the likes at least into the double digits. Conrad, very happy that uh, Julian's in the chat tonight. We got uh, King Julian with the the crown emoji on, so that's uh, that's nice. Uh, Carl Thank saying, you. so this was a game. Put an A onto Foley. Uh, there was something else here. Uh, where was it? Oh, Noah saying it's going to be hilarious and not at all shocking when they still miss the playoffs by a point and have to draft 15. Well, at least we're putting oh, silver linings on the Knights, man. Like, man. Yeah, that's, I get that. Like, I, 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 I can imagine that there are a section of Flames fans. They're kind of quiet now, but if they win against Anaheim, they win against Ottawa. And I think there's an Arizona game coming up and they get like five wins in a row or something like there are going to be people like hey maybe they have a chance but there's a bunch of people going to be like you're taking us out of the deep thing for Bedard what are you doing and I can understand the frustration but yeah. like I don't know man like I think the team is realizing okay they, they haven't had like a winning streak or a run like this in them in a while and I mean they went they did they went about the deadline the way that they did maybe they should have sold some pieces at the deadline but when you go through a deadline like that and you you speak and i'm speaking as as like brad for living here but like if you say like hey i believe in this team and 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 you feel that the additions of nick ritchie and troy stetcher will at least do something this is kind of what you're hoping for if you're a fan of this team as far as i'm concerned i mean the 13th overall pick might do you good uh but if the flames find a way to turn this into something and they make the playoffs like especially on the run that, that they would have to go on to get there. How many teams beyond Colorado would want to face off against the Calgary flames in the playoffs? Let's let's I'm not, I, I understand I'm putting the cart before the horse here, but let's be real. If it gets to that point with what they would probably have to do to get there, even if they do have a pretty easy schedule coming up, like I, I think we start asking those questions, but again, cart before the horse. Yeah. And look, like the, the people who wanted them to blow it up at the deadline, they weren't going to. I, I have seen oh. this before. Rebuild in this team do not go hand in hand. They accidentally suck a couple of times and then they draft Sam Bennett and boy, didn't that go well. So like that, this is not a team that just kaplowies ever like that. They that they have an ownership group that fell in love with what happened in 2004. And by God, we're aiming for seventh or eighth every year. And if we get anything better than that, that's awesome. And if we don't, we don't. Uh, we are getting some uh, SDPN love in here. Uh, Andrew Berkshire in all caps. Julian. And Peter, um, which is, uh, thank you very much. We have Avery in here saying like and subscribe, 20 likes, and Julian will deliver a roti and some curry chicken to a random SDPN's fa no. fan house. Um, do this. And then a star, maybe. So uh, that that seemed binding. <laughs> Freaking Avery, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get your ass after this is done, Avery. <laughs> Um, so we're having fun here today and now we're not going to for a few minutes. Um, because oh boy, here we go. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, before the game, uh, this was pride night for the Minnesota wild. Um, until I guess it wasn't as there were warm up jerseys that were supposed to be worn and, and then they weren't. And this is not a new phenomenon with the, uh, the national hockey league with, with these types of situations. And it's just, I, I know, um, on zone time, you guys have covered this quite a bit and on various game over streams, we, we have covered this. It's just like, 
I, I can't even really wrap my head around any of this, right? Like, it, it just, it, it is the most simple of things. Like, it, it's not even asking for anything other than just acknowledge that there may be a section of your fan base that has some different life experiences than you, and thus, it's been pretty rough. Can you at least acknowledge this by wearing a fucking jersey for 15 minutes? You don't even have to do the full 15-minute warm-up. Some people skate off after 12, and you can rip it off and never have to think about it again. That, that like this, It seems like the absolute bare minimum, and it is still a bar that we're tripping over. Like It, it just... It, it's infuriating. It really is. I think the worst part about uh, like these teams doing this, and we know the Minnesota Wild are not the first, the worst part about it is that because they decide to not do this, it takes away from the point of Pride Night, which is, as you eloquently explained, is just to bring attention to this disenfranchised community group. Like, you know, just there are, there are fans all across the hockey world who happen to be part of the LGBTQ plus uh, group. Like it, 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 it's all over. It's in every fan base. Like they, they exist. They're out there. They go to games. They make themselves known online. You know, they just, but yes, of course, days, there are times that are hard for them. And I think it's just a small gesture for teams to do by just having their players wear these warm up shirts. It's not even the biggest thing. Like it's just, it's just shirts. Like you go back to the Philadelphia thing and I, it still kind of, kind of lingers in my mind that like, Instead of talking about guys like like James Van Riemsdyk uh, and I think Scott Lawton doing everything they can to uh, accommodate, I believe it was a non-binary fan or some non-binary fans at a game, which would be pretty cool and very much against what we know about the conservative culture of hockey, we are focusing on a player who in turn uses his religious beliefs as a way to justify not wearing a Pride Night jersey. And 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 because of that, now it has empowered other teams to be like, well, you know what, you know, we want to respect everyone's beliefs and then not wear this jersey, or whatever, and and do it as a whole team thing because it can't just be a thing where some guys wear the jersey and other guys don't do it. That would completely go up against hockey culture in which everyone is supposed to, you know, be this unified front and not just have the section of individuals. But what happens now is instead of a situation where we look at a Pride Night. Uh, it's like, okay, well, this team's doing this. It's just, you know, okay, they're wearing these cool jerseys. We think about it for a couple moments, then we watch the game. We've turned this into, I don't know if witch hunt is the, the best word to use, but like we're we're caring about, okay, is this team going to actually do this? Who's going to back out? Like we're, we're, we're focusing on so many other things that have nothing to do with the night at hand. And then you have other people who let their minds wander and think, well, imagine if a player didn't do this for Black History Month, or imagine if a player didn't do this for 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 Indigenous Night for this team. Like for whatever reason, they just stood on their high horse and said, "I don't have to do this." I think what's unfortunate about it, about how this is all happening now, I think what is probably going to have to happen, something is going to have to change in how teams go about Pride Nights and and similar 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 events, because. You know, it's it's. I don't want it to get to a point where we look at these games and we have to think, oh well, is this team actually going to do this? Like, I'm not sure exactly how you do it. Whether it's just you really just leave it up to everybody and then you just have guys go out wearing the shirt if they want to. But again, like that might not happen because again, the the, the way of hockey culture, it's 
everyone's got to do this and and very rarely you see guys just kind of do the individual thing it's supposed to be frowned upon so that's that's how i feel but it's pretty unfortunate to see that the wild went through that um but yeah something has to change with these types of events and how um and how teams go about them and i'm pretty sure it's not going to be an exact science if they ever go to that way and i think it's an unfortunate thing but right now unfortunately because of what's happened with ivan provorov uh, because of now what's happened with the minnesota wild we're now going to be at a point where it is not a given that teams are going to be all that supportive of of a pride night and we are going to instead focus on okay is this team actually supportive are there guys we're gonna do it we're, we're gonna focus on the wrong things ultimately and yeah. i think something has to be changed with that i think the flames pride night is march 27th it's march 20 something against the kings and unfortunately you're kind of gonna have to take a roll call with that right like is okay is everyone yeah. out there do we have all to okay yeah we're checking them all off cool like that's like, just that should not be something that i have to worry about or no Aaron vickers or or batty rose or anyone else who goes to the game like we should not be trying to go to sean kelso or peter hanley being like so are these guys gonna wear these jerseys like like yeah. who like 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 i, I don't want to hear i don't want to have to like hang out at like saint james with like aaron vickers and then like we're just talking amongst ourselves and then we know we're, we're just drinking beers and then we just mutter under our breath so did you hear it was actually x player here who didn't want to wear the jersey and then that's why they ended up not wearing it like yeah. that goes beyond the point of those types of nights and then you know what player X or Ivan Provorov, well, they're just standing up for their religious beliefs. But then if a player comes out as gay, they're a distraction in the locker room. How can you at whatever thing anyone would say, well, they drag their knuckles up to the podium. Like Peter, Peter, imagine, could you imagine, could and I understand it's different. It's a different night. Could you imagine if a team had a military appreciation night or a police appreciation night? And one player said, nah, I'm not doing this because I yeah. don't respect the military. I don't imagine a player like it doesn't even have to be a player of color. Someone's just like, you know what? I've had or I've had family members who have had tough instances with police and I do not feel comfortable wearing some police themed jersey ahead of this game. Could you imagine an NHL player doing that and the uproar that would come from that? But yeah, but that, that oh. that's that's essentially what. But like these types of discussions, I mean, maybe they were happening a little before, but like we think of those more and more now because of what's happening with these Pride Night, uh, these Pride Nights. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so unfortunate. And I, I just like spare me the religious thing or whatever. I, I grew up in. Look, I grew up. I, I am a mustachioed white man from small town Saskatchewan who grew up in a church loving household. All right, and I, I still. You can see what side of this thing I'm on. Like, th- yes, th- th- that that is no excuse. I taught Sunday school for three years. I missed the part where it was like, oh, and by the way, hate gay people. Like, I that that one didn't come up. That this is your own thing. That wasn't a VeggieTales episode. Like, that this like, is... Like, you're supposed to be taught to love your neighbor... Right. And, ...and treat people the way you want to be treated. Isn't doing something like this where you're just like, well, you know what? To, to hell with gay people. Like, that's the antithesis of, of religion, or, or at least in the Newer Testament anyway, or at least just with the golden rule, as I'm sure a lot of people have learned growing up, like it's just, it's just a lot of gymnastics and, and, and history arts for no absolute reason over a shirt yeah, over a Jersey that you're not even going to wear during a game that you're not even going to wear 
in some other time in your life other than this moment here. There are other ways you can go to pride parades and other ways to show your support if you want to do that. But beyond the 15 minutes you're going to be on the ice for warm-up, where people are just either, if they're not ice level, they're looking up above you, seeing you wearing a jersey. Like, that's it. That's, 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 that's like a small, small morsel of your life. Yeah, like it, it is quite literally the the bare minimum. Um, so that's where we come out on that discussion. Um, Robert um, has has shared with us as well. Uh, do want to give a shout out to the Alphabet Sports Collective, ABC's collective on Twitter. Uh, just reading from their bio, ASC is a queer-led, not-for-profit organization focused on creating a safer environment for all people, or for people of all sexual identities and expressions of gender in hockey. Uh, so follow them on social media. Again, it is ABCS Collective on Twitter. Um, it's just a, a great thing that, again, like this is... It's ridiculous that this is even a thing that is happening, but again, we can barely do the absolute bare minimum. Uh, Robert doing God's work in the chat, uh, the actual way, not the way people pretend it is. And uh, uh, shout outs to Conrad in there as well. Um, So in the world of awkward transitions, like this video, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends. Uh, We talk about some fun stuff and then um, some people who are stuck in the 1800s. I do want to get back to the hockey game and have, uh, again, no easy way of saying this, but um, I thought this was Huberto's best game in a while. Like, just just getting back to to what we actually saw, and I know I get it's like a a weird transition here, but... No, I understand. That zone time, like, a third of the time is like, (laughs) oh, we have to talk about this tough thing. Hey, the Maple Leafs are freaking out. Like, I, 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 I sympathize. Yeah, thank you. I, I and look I, again. I, I think that the work that you guys do with Zone Time and some of the conversations we've had on on Game Over so important. And so I'm I'm happy we're actually having these discussions. I just wish it wasn't brought about by fucking idiots. But anyway, uh, Jonathan Huberto. I I like that he's being a bit more aggressive shooting the puck now. And it, it like it, it seems like we're slowly getting to the dude, not the 115 points dude from last year. I don't know if that guy exists, but. The I think we're slowly getting to a guy that the Flames need, who is sees the the ice really well, and when he has the puck, isn't afraid to shoot it. Maybe I'm just like looking for it and just trying to make this work, but I I do think like he is starting to improve his play a little bit. What what, what have you seen from him? I I think I need more games before I can be on side with him being fully confident in his shot, and I feel as if like all it really takes is like you know, one odd man rush or kind of similar again to that game on Saturday where he tries to force this pass on the side when he's in the slot and he really only has a defender in front of him, the goalie, and no one would blame him if he tried to shoot. Um, I, I really need to see a little bit more. I'm still thinking about that game against Boston last week where Linus Olmark does not have the stick in his hand and he opts to not shoot and tries to make a two-on-one pass before getting picked. He needs more moments where he's able to can at least contribute positively offensively. He gets the, he gets the two apples uh, against uh, the Dallas Stars yesterday, including the game-winning assist on on Tyler Toffoli's goal. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of felt like for a lot of the, the Flames offense, I mean, they were able to muster up the shots they were able to get. It's really hard to kind of single out a couple guys and be like, all right, you guys were really good offensively. Kind of hard <laughs> for them to do that when you have no goals on the ice. That being yeah. said, uh, if the Flames are going to make a run of this and and make this last-ditch effort to try to make the playoffs. They need Jonathan Huberto to play at his absolute best. I think if he is able to at least 
be a really good pass first guy and he's able to create that offense and the guys are able to convert like you know that's that's at least something there I, I liked him on the opportunity I think he had with was it Nasim Kadri kind of set him up and then he was able to try to get a chance on net like I at least like stuff like that where he's able to try to get chances on he needs more of that he needs more of those opportunities he needs to convert but the biggest thing for him is he just needs to trust the fact that he can shoot and throughout the year the guys have been saying like you know they, they trust him to get that going, and the biggest thing for him to do is just shoot the puck. There's no, I mean, I guess beyond whatever mental thing you can do in terms of talking to somebody to, to figure out what's going on, when you're on the ice, you just got to shoot the puck. When you have that ball on your, you have that puck on your stick, there we go, think about ball hockey again. You have that puck on your stick, you just got to fire it, man. So a guy like Jonathan Huberto, he's, he's known. I think he, the cool thing about Huberto, I think he's at least very self-aware that he hasn't made the impact that a lot of people would want him to make. Mm -hmm. So I think he'd be the first person to tell you that he hasn't had, he hasn't really brought the best of himself this year. But I think if the flames want to really make the run of it, want to make a run of it, they need Huberto to play well. And I, I kind of need to see a few more games where he plays at that top level before you start thinking, okay, his confidence is, is back. Um, uh, a couple of kind of bigger picture ones, because again, there isn't a whole lot to talk about from this game, quite frankly. Um, yeah. they, they played 60 minutes, then they played a few more, and then it was almost over, and then it was over, but with a different team winning. Um, I know uh, Audie's kind of asked about year one of your uh, Calgary experience. It was minus 21 today, and it's March 7th. Um, how are you feeling about Calgary right now? <laughs> um, I'm not completely surprised. It's not that different from, I mean... Look, the, the, the air conditions are different from what it was in Montreal and the snow and all that. But, like, the idea of it being super cold on March 7th, like, this is Canada. Like, this is, you know, like, I'm born and raised in this. Like, this is not, like, new. In fact, I actually kind of prefer Calgary winters to, to Montreal winters, actually. Even when it's, like, minus 30 out here. Just the air is different. And even if it does feel cold, it doesn't feel – it's, like, it's something in the air mass, I want to say – uh, so yeah, I, I don't necessarily mind, but also just like, you know, the people being here, uh, I know we've only really met like once, I think mm -hmm. at like a, like a CFL playoff party with John Bender. Yeah. Where, where you would expect us to meet right at a CFL yeah, playoff totally. party. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Like that was like, I gotta say like the fact I got invited to that, I was like, really? Like, okay, cool. John Bender's a good, shout out John Bender. He's a really good dude. Really yeah. good dude. Uh, but like just getting to know the the Flames media contingent and and getting to know guys like Danny Austin and, and Aaron Vickers and Solomon Valji and I we already we had a rapport before I moved here and uh, shout out Cami Kepke as well uh, Donna Spencer Wes Gilbertson I know a lot of people don't like Eric Francis but like Eric Francis uh, he showed me how to show me where to go up the saddle dome so uh, he's he's someone who I have a lot of time for. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other people here as well who have really made my experience uh, really worthwhile. Some family members I have out here too. So I really enjoyed, uh, I'm really enjoying, like, I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. I'm really enjoying my time in Calgary. Um, I'm, I agree with you. Shout out to John Bender. Thank God he's a nice guy because that is one of the three largest human beings I've met in my life. Um, we, we did a charity thing with the, the radio station I worked at before here and he came to it and one of the former NHLers came up to me and was like, you know, if he just decided to kill everyone here, like we'd stop him eventually, but he could, th there'd be at least a few of us, right? Like it, it is like, I mean, yeah, totally hundred percent. Like he is a monster of a human being and the nicest dude I have, I have ever met. So, so I shout agree. out to very him. Very nice yeah. guy. Very nice guy. You can tell he played lineman. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
couple of uh, quick Calgary experience things yet. Have you gone to a Roughnecks game yet? I have not gone to a Roughnecks game yet. I it is it is to. a need. It is, it, it yeah, is a I've must. Heard, I've heard people like go there and it's like, like I mean, yeah, you could pay attention to the game, but it's really just a party and just hang out. I want to do that. Yeah, the the come for the party, stay for the game thing is one hundred percent accurate. Um, oh, yeah. Also, will you be stampeding this year? Have you stampeded before? I have never stampeded. Uh, I plan on stampeding, but I guess that considering it's like around free agency time, that might also depend on what uh, Brad for Living or whoever the Flames GM will be at the time Ooh. will do in early July. Yeah, whatever Daryl Sutter decides to do when he's handed the reins as GM, we will uh, Ooh, we will see. We go in there. We go in there. <laughs> that is my official prediction. Yes, I, 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 I know a lot of people want it to go the opposite way, where there's less Daryl. But I've just I've seen this before. I know this organization loves that dude too much, and also like loves it. to not pay people for not working for them. So I, I don't think there's here's less Daryl. I think there's more Daryl. Here's what I will say about this. If Daryl Sutter decides to be GM, then they're getting a new coach because I don't see a situation in which Daryl Sutter says, I'm going to be coach and GM. I, I At the very least, if this is something he genuinely wants to do, uh, my pick is still Bob Murray because Bob Murray's in the organization and he has GM experience. Um, I'm not saying like I want him as GM. I'm just saying like if the Flames do not pick uh if they do not retain uh tree living tree living services i i just kind of see them going that route but that's just my gut feeling more than any other intel but like if daryl sutter decides this i can see him being like okay i relinquish coaching duties to somebody else yeah um so Time management's not a strength of mine. Uh, I just got the thing on Zoom. We have less than a minute. Uh, oh, so uh, that's probably where we're going to end this. Um, before Zoom cuts us off, Julian, where can people find you? Uh, JK McKenzie on Twitter, The Athletic Zone Time, The Athletic Hockey Show, uh, and The Chris Johnston Show. See? That's how a professional does it. I ramble on and on and on, and then we lose them. But uh, that, that, that is a pro. Thank you all so much. Like this video, subscribe, share it. Uh, Audie's going to be back with you for the next game. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you all later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.